True to You Radio. Learn. Illuminate. Love. Light. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Heart Dancing Radio Show, where we explore and learn what it means to live from your heart, not your head. And for those of you not quite familiar with heart dancing, it's a process of unlearning the world's messages and remembering your authentic self. When you start listening to the world's definition of happiness and success, at some point you may realize that you're never going to be happy. You're never going to be satisfied. There's always going to be something more to strive for or obtain. Heart dancing is a different way of looking at your world and looking at yourself. It's a way to return to your soul, the source of unconditional love. And the heart dancing mantra is, let love lead. And you'll understand more about that as you join me in the dance. Love knows the way, you just have to follow. Heart dancing. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Heart Dancing Radio Show, where we explore what it means to live authentically, create deliberately, and dance with life. Remember, the Heart Dancing Mantra is let love lead. Whenever you're in a difficult situation or feel yourself getting tensed up, if you'll repeat this to yourself and take a couple of deep breaths, it really does return you to your heart space. And remember, that's where your authenticity lies. To learn more, please go to my uh, website, katherineerickson.com, and sign up for my email list. I've got lots of free things I give away, meditations, ebooks, etc. And let's continue this dance. There's so much to share and so much to learn. And today, I have a very special guest, Yvonne Higgins-Leach. And she is a corporate executive turned poet. So Yvonne, welcome to the show. Hi, Catherine. Thanks for having me. Oh, I am so thrilled that you're here. And you and I met through another group, Growth Leaders Network, and uh, we just actually completed an interview for that organization, didn't we? We sure did. That was fun. Yeah, and we had so much fun. I'm like, oh my gosh, you got to be on my show. (laughs) (laughs) So I dragged her over here to Heart Dancing Radio, and when you hear what Yvonne has to say about kind of navigating corporate America and then leaving corporate America, it may just give you the courage to take those big steps that you know you need to take and, and haven't quite been able to. So, Yvonne, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and where you are right now. Uh, right now, I live in Snohomish, Washington, and that's about uh, 45 miles north of Seattle. Um, it's a beautiful area. It's a uh, small town. Uh, I live on five acres. And um, Right now, I'm spending my time supporting the Growth Leaders Network and writing poetry and um, meditating. Life couldn't be any better. <laughs> oh, that sounds wonderful. Can I move in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so how did you get from a 25-year corporate career to poetry, writing poetry? 
Uh, great question. You know, um, I did have a very long and uh, rewarding career at the Boeing company. Over, um, here in Seattle, there's the um, commercial arm where we build the commercial airplanes. And I did public relations and communications for the company all those 25 years. Uh, the wonderful thing about that company is you can move within the discipline you're in, but learn all aspects of the business. So I was always growing professionally while I was still in PR and communications. So um, that was uh, something that happened to me at the same time I was writing poetry my whole life. So I wrote my first poem at the age of 12 mm. and then was very involved in high school in the literary magazine. And um, in college, I got an English degree. And then I decided about um, three years later that I was going to continue to follow my passion. And I got a master of fine arts in creative writing poetry. If you can believe it, you can get a master's in poetry, and I did. I did not know you could do that. Yeah, yeah, it was just, it was just fantastic. Um, and so then I ended up moving from the east side of Washington State to Seattle for work, and uh, that's when I got hired at the Boeing Company. And then, you know, uh, sometimes reality sets in. All of a sudden, you know, you've got a career, and you're getting more responsibility, and you're starting a family. And... Um, I got more and more responsibility through the years and that was, well, that was great. You know, it made writing poetry kind of a challenge, you know, you get home and you've got the kids and sometimes I wouldn't start home until like 10 at night and mm -hmm. uh, I'd go to work the next day, very tired, but also rejuvenated because for me, um, I can't help but write poetry. It is something that is inside of me that stirs my soul and I have to get either my own experience on paper or, a story that someone else told me that's so moving, I have to get it down on paper. So they were really in parallel, um, the career and poetry. Fascinating. Well, let me ask you this, because I'm not very familiar with poetry. Have you found that people might find some, uh, be a little reluctant or, you know, not as enthusiastic to dive in because they're not familiar with it? You know, absolutely. I find that, um, I think it's the, the high school experience isn't one that's really, I find, conducive for people. Um, if they have a memory of being exposed to poetry, it wasn't really a warm one, I'll say. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was teachers kind of forcing kids to try to get in and analyze a poem, or it was, it felt like a forced exercise. And so I feel bad when people are like, ooh, poetry, I want nothing to do with it, when really it's, quite the opposite because if you pick up poetry that you know someone who's an accessible writer it can be a moving experience and I believe that you can be different after reading a poem it, it can be a transforming experience in and of itself and I just uh, long for more people to to pick up poetry and try to give it a chance Wow, I love the way you said that, that poetry, just reading it, can be a transforming experience. It's just really another form of art, isn't it? It, it certainly is. And uh, I think that there are some poets that are a bit obscure, and that makes it challenging. But there, there's a lot of poetry out there that you can read first time through and go, wow, that was magnificent. And as you were describing the poetry experience, um, for some reason, I just thought of a dance. Ah, yeah. 
that almost as you read the words and it, it, it triggers emotions or experiences or sensations in, in the reader, it's almost like it's a dance between you and, and that experience. Absolutely. And that's why it is a gift. Truly, poetry is a gift. If people pick, pick a book up and they read a poem and they're moved by it, and become different because of it, that's a gift. Mm. And so you have written your own book of poetry. Yes, I finally, um, it took 25 years, but like I said, I kept writing and I kept submitting and I finally had enough publications at literary magazines that the publisher took me seriously enough and published my book and it came out in June of 2014. Oh, how exciting. That, that must have been a thrilling time for you. Oh, absolutely. It was really, I know it's a cliche, but it was a dream come true. <laughs> right, right. And you had been pursuing that for so long to, yeah. finally, to finally open the box and hold your book of poetry must have been something. It was like nothing I can explain. It was so surreal yet so real at the same time because it was in my hands. Yes, I know. I know because I've had that same experience when my books are delivered as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, quick question. What's the name of your, of your book? It's called Another Autumn. And are most of the poems around a theme or, or is there yeah, some? You know, I write um, a lot about the passage of time and one of the poems in the book is called Another Autumn and um, uh, I write a lot about family. Um, I write a lot about just personal experiences where you become changed and different because of the experience. Uh, I write about community, um, socioeconomics a bit. Yeah, it's, it's just such a great outlet for me. I think, um, Poetry is a really healthy thing for me. If I was carrying around all this stuff inside me, I don't know if it would be so great for me, but getting it down on paper where it becomes something in and of itself and its own experience is really healthy for me. Yes, I can see that. Um, it's almost like taking a photograph of that moment of who you were when you wrote that poem. Oh, yeah. And looking back, you know, I've captured some things about family and relationships that uh, it feels good to have it there. It's like it's a permanent thing and I can go back and visit it and, and relive it. Yes, yes. So that's the beauty of sharing those inner experiences on paper. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Through words and images and metaphor and sound and rhythm. There's so much that poetry has to offer. Oh, you! I'm going to go get your book. I, <laughs> we kind of fell into this interview, and I haven't had time to order it. Well, but that's I, fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going to order your book. Where can I find it? Uh, it's on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Okay. So it's Another Autumn by Yvonne Higgins Leach. Is that correct? That's correct. Great. Um, is there a particular story or experience that you wrote the poetry about that you can kind of tell us what the background story was? You mean on a poem? Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, there's, um, there's a, there's a nice little, um, and I call it a nice little poem, because a lot of times when poets uh, write, they, it takes them a very long time, and they revise, and they have people look at it, and they fix it up, and I had a poem that I didn't realize was inside me for 41 years, and I ended up writing it in 10 minutes and never changed it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and it's about a moment I had with my father driving back from the lake cabin, and we were in the car, and he was driving, and my mom was in the driver's seat, and my brother was in the back with me, 
And I, my dad and I caught each other's eye in the rearview mirror. Mm. Mm. And I just love it. I feel like I have my dad captured and that moment captured forever now. Oh, I can just see that too. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So in that moment that he caught your eye in the mirror, obviously the connection was there. Absolutely. In fact, if you don't mind, I'll read just the last few lines. Yes, please. I was hoping you were going to offer. <laughs> well, the last few lines say, I looked into your rearview mirror, your eyes framed in it like a photograph, slantly, slanting slightly so I knew you were smiling and you winked at me, just me. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I messed up the, the lines, but... It's yes. that whole that moment of wow. Okay. You're my dad and I'm your daughter and and we forever know that. Yes, exactly. And so to me, you know, you know I've written several books and yeah. you know the words just kind of flow. If I were going to try my hand at poetry, I mean it's it's an economy of words, not the not the volume. That's true. Um and there's different ways to go about doing that. I I always suggest to people who kind of write uh, more longhand and and more um, where you you, the, you don't really look at the line breaks as much to kind of start out uh, longhand on a piece of paper with um, more prose like and then you go back and kind of chip away at it and and get it this more of a shape of a poem so folks like you mm -hmm. I suggest go ahead and start kind of wide and open and long and just come back to it and make it more of a poem. There's kind of a process that I lead people through to do that. Okay. Works too, yeah. Right. No, I can see that. So essentially what you're trying to, I don't know if I can express this correctly. Um, seems like what you're trying to do is convey that experience or that juxtaposition between two ideas in the least amount of words possible, but it, it's so refined and so clear that you instantly get it. Yes, exactly. And the, the tools of uh, the right image with the right sound, with the right word choice, with um, poetry has white space. There's a lot of white space around the poem. All those are kind of tools that you can use to get that experience across. Okay, I've never heard of white space in a poem. Can you explain that? Yeah, you know, um, so when you open up a novel, it's pretty much copy from left to right and all the way down the page, right? There might yes. be an paragraph right open up a poetry book there's a poem on a page and boy you notice there's a lot of white space around it there's there's stanzas and where you break a line and and how you have the space between stanzas all of that um allows a person to experience the poem um mm. so that's why there can be a master's in poetry there's so much to it um that lends itself towards the experience that's almost um a reader doesn't even know what's happening to them. Well, and I'm one of those readers. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You know, though, Catherine, when you read a good poem, because you're moved by it. Yes. Yes. So what made uh, Maya Angelou, for example, be such a wonderful poet? Wow. Talk about a wonderful poet. Yeah, I think um, her honesty, uh, her authenticity, she was open she um, tackled issues that people weren't talking about. Um, and her use of language was um, simple um, and accessible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. So yeah. the the person who may not have a college education or much much more past high school could still read her poetry and, and be touched by it. Yes. Yes. And so I'll tell you, some of those poets are my favorite. <laughs> well, and I was just about to ask you, who, yeah. who, other than your book, of course, but who else would you recommend to the audience? You know, and again, I'm not a, a person who reads poetry all the time, but after talking with you, I'm really interested in it now. So where would be a good place to start? Oh, gosh. Okay. So I'm going to suggest one man and one woman. And I'm going to suggest Mary Oliver. Um, she is absolutely wonderful poet very her poetry is so understandable it's for this audience in particular it's very spiritual okay so mary oliver all the way and then billy collins i would suggest because um he's been our our uh, united states poet laureate for for many terms and his poetry is the same you pick up a poem you read it you understand it but he has a lot of humor in his poetry and um, just really an enjoyable poet. I think either one of those you just can't go wrong with. So Mary Oliver or Billy Collins? Yes. Oh, great. That is, I really appreciate that because, again, that's a whole new area for me mm -hmm. and probably a lot of my audience. So thank yeah. you. You will not be disappointed with either one of those. Thank you. That is awesome. Yeah, well, thanks for the question. That was a great question. Sure. So where can people find you on the internet if they're um, wanting to pursue, you know, learning more about you? Uh, I do have a website. It's um, YvonneHigginsLeach.com. And whenever I have um, some news, I'll, you know, or a poem published, I've got my own poems out there and um, kind of what my events are happening. And, you know, it's... Um, it's the place to go if you want to learn uh, about what I'm doing with my poetry. Right. And uh, do you have any more uh, poetry books in the works or what's coming yeah. up for you? Yeah, I am working on my next book. Um, oh, I'm giving myself the time it takes um, to really uh, let the poems come forth and then see what kind of shape they're in. And, and then um, forming them into a book is a whole nother experience. So right now I'm just kind of, getting the new set of poems written. Right. You have to create first and then shape after yes, that. Exactly. You know, you're an author. <laughs> well, yeah. But it's a, it's a process, and it, mm -hmm. it's something you really can't hurry along. Right. Exactly. And I'm just so grateful for the time now. I'm so grateful. <laughs> well, and I, I didn't really touch on that as much as we did in the Growth Leaders Network interview, but um, you were at Boeing for 25 years. Mm-hmm. And then what happened that made you say, I've got to leave early and focus on my poetry? Because that's yeah. a big switch. That's a, big... a huge switch. And um, I was planning on going in, you know, three, four, five years. But uh, two things happened in my life. Um, I got my book accepted for publication and I knew it was coming out in June. And I only had, you know, a certain amount of time before I could, I, it's up to the poet to promote to get into bookstores, to do readings. And, you know, you only have about a year when your book comes out, when you really have that window of opportunity. And I was mm -hmm. very concerned about juggling the demands of the job, which are 50 to 60 hours a week easy, and trying to do that book well. And, you know, I thought to myself, I've been waiting all my life for this opportunity with my book. And, and so I was kind of putting that out to the universe and saying, you know, help me with the answer here. And then 
the second thing that happened is my mother passed away and mm -hmm. my dad had died three years before and then my mom and uh, we were very close and there's something about that second parent going there's just it's just unless you've gone through it I don't even know how to explain it no but I have and I know yeah. good so you understand yes well, you know it just said to me I just got got a message that said you know life's too short and um, this is a window of opportunity and you just need to go really look at what's possible. And so I went back up through corporate and asked the question and um, went to my financial planner and asked the question. And you know what? It came back um, that corporate said I could do an early retirement leave, which they didn't even really know existed. <laughs> and then um, my financial planner said, well, you have to make some sacrifices, but you know, I think you can do it. And I said, I'm doing it. And I bet that just probably drove people at work crazy. <laughs> they were shocked. Yeah. I shocked the system. <laughs> well, because you're shoulder to shoulder on the corporate path with them, and all of a sudden you say, nope, I'm done. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think in a way it, it did also send a good message to a lot of people um, that, you know, it's wonderful to have a career. And I had a fantastic career. And, you know, we need it to survive. Um, but if you sometimes are presented with other opportunities, um, it's worth considering those because we are complete people and our jobs are great, but they aren't everything about who we are. Yes, yes. And thank you for sharing that. Um, it must have taken a great deal of courage for you to just totally do an about face and jump off that path and yeah. move into the creative, <laughs> creative field, creative space. So I yeah. can Thank you for acknowledging that because uh, it really was a big decision. It was a life-changing decision. Yes. And looking back, it's been almost two years. Is that right? It has. And I can tell you uh, uh, the, just the best two years ever. I did my book well. I launched it. I did a lot of readings. I, I pushed myself in that area where I, I just never imagined. And um, I would have never gotten that back. And, and I will have those two years now forever as part of me, as part of who I am, as part of my memories, and I'm just so pleased. Yes, and think about the person you would have been if you had stayed at Boeing versus who you are today. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure the differences are, are uh, uh, you know, I can just imagine what the differences are. So again, I, hooray for you, Yvonne. <laughs> Thank you, Catherine. Thank you so much. Yeah, so we're about out of time. But I wanted to thank you again for being on the Heart Dancing Radio Show. I have learned so much about poetry just, just by your natural teaching style. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Thanks for your curiosity. It helps. <laughs> yes, it does. And I hope people listening to this will get more intrigued with poetry. It's just another art form. It's not something mm -hmm. to be avoided or, or to be uh, ignored because there's so much wisdom and uh, love that can be shared through the poetic uh, method. Correct? Very true. Yeah, right. very true. Well, thank you so much, and I just wanted to thank everyone who's listening again for coming to the Heart Dancing Radio Show, and I'd like to ask a favor 
of people who are listening to this podcast, if you would hop over to iTunes and if you like what I'm doing and, and support what I'm doing, if you would give me a review, it, it's almost like giving me a hug over the internet. So <laughs> iTunes loves reviews. So as I'm gathering more people and, and introducing my message to more uh, to a larger audience, those reviews really are helpful. So thanks for doing that for me and thanks for listening. And we hope you guys have a great day. You've been listening to the Heart Dancing Radio Show where we learn to dance with our hearts, not our heads. And remember, you're now part of the tribe. Be sure and tell your friends about the magic that happens here. Uh, Heart Dancing, it's the only way to live. 